0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is brought to you by. No one. Robert Wally. Hello. Oh, thank you, guys. Great job. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Park It in My Ferme podcast, where we are talking all things F1 today in the show. We're going to take a look ahead at the Bahrain race, the first race of two in the triple headers coming up with my top five predictions, as well as discuss the horrible execution of the W Series and the support races coming up in 2021. And then we're going to discuss the most underrated, overperforming driver of the 2020 season so far should go next season. Pimthing ain't easy, and the biggest pimp out there in the world is David Croft. Over to you, Crofty. It's lights out, and away we go! Once a week, one man emerges from the pit lane to deliver all the news, discussion, and results of Formula One. Well... That time has arrived. Sit back, relax for the Park It in My Ferme show. Here is your host, Caldy. That is right, ladies and gentlemen. It is I, Caldy, and welcome to the Park It in My Ferme podcast. My Ferme is here. That's where you should park it. The top pimp, Carlos. On the intro there, a true smooth operator, if I ever saw one. Too bad he's going to be sitting in that dismal, dismal, dismal 2021 Ferrari next season. But, I wish that smooth operator can certainly find his way onto a podium or two. Fingers crossed for you there. But let's dive into it. Now when we talk about greatness and records in sport, In basketball in particular, and more specifically the NBA, we say such and such averaged the most rebounds in the shot clock era, or the most points in the shot clock era. We say that because there was a guy who played prior to the shot clock era that broke every record under the sun and was that far ahead of his opponents and teammates that it made the game unfair. Saying someone had the most blocks in a game since the shot clock era was essentially saying Someone had the most blocks in a game since Wilt Chamberlain. We never consider him the GOAT in basketball, but the man was a freak. He broke the game. It was like playing 2K with all the sliders all the way up. He broke it so badly that they have to bring in a bunch of rules to try and stop him. He scored 100 points in a game. He got 55 rebounds in another game. It was just unfair. So I'm going to do something similar here. We're going to talk about this F1 season, but without Lewis Hamilton. Whether you love him or you hate him, he is dominated, dominated, dominated this season. He's the most consistent driver, and really, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing when it comes to racing for a Drivers World Championship. Consistency. You must finish each race with the most points to win the championship, right? So let's have a look here. Who is the most consistent driver? Is it Verstappen? No, 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 no. Vercrappin? Vercrashin? Verslappin? Verstappen? God, no. Four DNFs and one win. Not consistent at all. What about Valtteri Bottas? The moustache that drives the ladies wild. Nope. Nope, not consistent. One DNF. Two other times outside the points and the man has started on pole four times and only won it twice. Does that scream consistency? I don't think so. So if we take out Hamilton, only one other driver has finished every race he has started this season in the points. How's that for consistent? In the second race of the season, this one driver started in 17th position and pushed his way, dragging his horrendous car all the way up to 6th. Now some of you will know exactly who I'm talking about at the moment. You diehard F1 fans know it. And you casual fans might even know it as well. But I'm going to read out this driver's finishes for the year. 6th, 6th, 7th, 5th, 10th, 10th, 5th, 4th, 4th, 7th, 6th, and 2nd, last one. Weekend. Or two weekends ago. Sorry, I do apologise. His average star position is a 6.8. And his average finish is a 6. Always improving from where he started. What if I told you this driver also doesn't have a seat for next season? Alex Albon is in the Red Bull at the moment. Obviously not confirmed for next season. He is racing for his career. But he has two DNFs. And five of the fourteen starts that he's had this uh, this season, he's finished outside of the points. His average start on the grid is a seven point four, and his average finish is a nine point one. He is literally going backwards. Underperforming is what is meant to be in what is meant to be the second best car out there. If you believe Red Bull, and they're saying that they're not giving Max a better car over Albon, then he is in the second best car out there. And he's averaging a ninth place finish when he starts. Now, it may be the curse of being in the second seat to Max. But still. Come on, Albon. I think it's time to let go. Christian Horner, cut the cord already. All right, Albon's been suckling at the Red Bull teat for so long. You've got to go, mate. So I'm got to ask, has it clicked? Have you worked out who I'm talking about? I think it's time to offer Sergio Perez that Red Bull seat so Red Bull will have a consistent driver in their fight for 2021 so they can once again, at least clearly, finish second to Mercedes. We're on a run. Come on. Tom, do you know what that was? That was a smooth operator. Smooth operation. Carlos, check the radio, we seem to have picked up some dodgy music channel again. Good job Carlos, well done. How does that song go? I don't know, it was... Oh, the but you know what came to my mind? Go Go please. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got another little story to tell. In my city the police decided to hire and train up some new recruits and we were all excited. The idea behind it was they wanted to hire 50 women and 50 men as they wanted to increase the amount of women in the police and at first I thought this was a fantastic idea. But then I used my brain and actually thought about it. And it was a horrible idea. It shouldn't be 50 men and 50 women. If they are police officers, wouldn't we want the best 100 candidates regardless of their gender? If a thousand people apply and the top 100 of them happen to be 95 men, and five women then that is who should get the job and vice versa if 80 women are more qualified so we have 80 women and 20 men get through then i'm fine with it it should be the top 100 best candidates get the job the same goes in sport we have segregation of leagues based on gender throughout the world we have to the nba has the WNBA, and in the fifa world cup they have a women's world cup as well And the AFL where I'm from has an AFLW as well and that makes sense men and women are physically built differently and as a result they need to have separation it wouldn't look good with LeBron James dunking on little Karen under the hoop time and time again now whether the men and women should be paid the same is another ridiculous argument for another day that I won't get into here but the answer is very simple It's whatever sport generates the most money can afford to pay their athletes more. NBA makes more than WNBA, so NBA players get paid more. It's very simple. But we have the same trend in Formula One now. The W Series is entering its third season next year, and there will be eight support races for the F1s during the season. The idea behind it is to bring more women to the sport. But the execution of this has been absolutely horrendous. It's going to attract more women to the sport, but only to compete for the W Series. Not to try and become Formula One drivers. There is nothing in the rulebook to say that a Formula One driver has to be a man. It's sending a message to young women out there that want to drive everywhere that you can do it, but you're only going to get to the level where you have to support the men's race. The prize money for the W Series is $1.5 million. It's nothing to sneeze at, don't get me wrong. But the funds would be better off promoting the sport and, and racing to young women at an earlier age. Getting them involved at an earlier age, getting them out to karting, getting them out to all of that at an earlier age and promoting it to them specifically. That's where that money should go. Even a scholarship fund would be better off with that money. Next we'll have drivers at the W Series asking to be paid the same as the men when really they already have that opportunity to be paid the same as the men They do Every W Series driver has the opportunity to be paid the exact same as their male counterpart. What they need to do is pay their dues go across to Formula 1 try and make a team and get paid that way They need to compete in karting at a young age. Kick some ass. Or they can just have their daddy get them a seat. Classic Lance Stroll styles. But women have been in F1 for years, so this isn't something that's new. So the path they have paved now means absolutely nothing. Because all girls are going to see is that this W series is up and running and they're going to ignore the trailblazers that they've had 50 years ago. There have been five women who have started an F1 race, dating back to the 1950s. With the most recent being in 1992 with Giovanna Amati, the back Brabran. Even more recent, the gorgeous Tatiana Calderon was a development driver and in, the t- and in 2018 was a test driver for Sauber in Mexico. Now, it's not sexist me pointing out how gorgeous she is. I know that's going to be controversial, but... You don't want to know my thoughts on how beautiful Daniel Ricciardo is. That man's milkshakes can bring me to his yard any day of the week, I do tell you. So it comes back to what I was saying. There are 20 seats for next season. They should be allocated to the best 20 drivers, men or women. And this W Series is hurting women in motorsport rather than helping them. It's the equivalent to the NFL and the Lingerie Football League. The W Series is the lingerie football league of motorsports, and it's the wrong way to go about. Caldi's Top 5 Well, it's time for the Top 5. This time we are doing the Top 5 predictions for the Bahrain Week 1 weekend. Here we go, at number 5. 5. Charles Leclerc will have a better weekend than last year, despite finishing in a lower position. That is the number one prediction. Well, sorry, number five on the, the top five. The first prediction. Last year, famously, Charles Leclerc, qualified fastest, was on pole, and was leading most of the race in search for his maiden F1 victory when this happened. There's something straight through the engine. Okay, copy that. We are checking it. There's something strange with the engine. He's lost a lot of pace, has Charles Leclerc. Leclerc is a sitting duck. So Lewis Hamilton, down towards the final corner, takes the lead of the Bahrain Grand Prix. Charles Leclerc, he's still in the top three, but only just at the moment as Valtteri Bottas now passes it comes home in second place Charles Leclerc gets his first podium in formula one it should have been his first victory but it was cruelly taken away from him through no fault of his own Sebastian Vettel fifth place only after his spin after Lewis Hamilton passed him well guys that was extremely unfortunate for, for Charles he drove such a great race we've got work to do So I think it's pretty obvious that this weekend will be more successful in a sense that he will finish about where he thought he would anyway. Number four, four, bloody Lewis Hamilton will win with ease. It's a track made for the Mercedes-Benz. Bottas will probably hold the fastest time in all free practices and qualify on pole and Lewis will win the race. That's what will happen. That's the prediction for number four right there. The track has four straights with huge runoffs. So the drivers will be pushing it to the limits. And with every bit of the Mercedes space age technology, excluding a cup holder, they've got everything on there. There isn't a chance in hell they aren't going one and two. Unless... Number three. Three. The Stappen crashes. That's the prediction in a circuit where he'll be challenging the Mercedes. He'll be pushing it to the absolute limit. He'll lose it and cause a safety car. Prediction number three. Number two. Two. Alex Albon disappoints because that's just what he does. And the number one prediction for the weekend. One. Carlos Sainz brings that sweet sweet noise to my ears. Smooth operator. Smooth operator. Thank you guys. What do you think? Do you think that was a smooth operator? Smooth Smooth operator. operator. I think that was the smoothest operation of my life. Yeah, man, you sent them. They were the top five predictions for the Bahrain Grand Prix Week 1 this weekend. Let's see if any of them come true. Make sure you do listen next week to find out. Thank you so much for stopping by and listening to the Park It In My Ferme podcast. We're talking all things Formula 1 each and every week. Thank you very, very much. Make sure you tell your friends, let's get this podcast to number one. Take that, Joe Rogan. I think I'm just behind him, probably number two. And as always, head across to the Facebook page, give it a like, follow along, get the memes going, get the community buzzing. We can talk shop there all day long. Slide into the DMs, I don't mind, especially uh, because I'm a smooth operator smooth operator oh Carlos oh you bring so much joy to my ears but let me know what your thoughts are on today's show as well go across to the Facebook page let me know there and of course follow along on Spotify also on iTunes as well if you need to listen on another platform we are there and uh, I will catch you on the next week good luck this weekend to everybody racing and I can't wait to talk about it next week when we have all the results, all the wrap-up, all the funny moments, the best spins. Let's see if Alex Albon disappoints. I know he will. You know he will too. And I'll catch you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Sports Social Podcast Network.